Hey everybody and welcome to Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network presents Gaijin Wrestling Radio. Match of the month. This is the match of the month for July. It is the match between Anoki and Vader. Oh my goodness. July 29th, 1988 at the Iraqi Coliseum for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Um, just an amazing sight here. Uh, I, I'm one half of your hosting squad, Kobe Nida. And this week I am joined by the creator. Jimmy Price. Yeah, yeah. The co-creator. Sorry, I cut you off. I'm, no. I'm, just, I'm just so happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, the co-creator of Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, Jimmy Price. Dude, happy to have you back on and everything. Uh, talking Gaijin Wrestling Radio. Good to be back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, it's been a minute. Uh, had a lot going on. Made a move over the summer. Yeah, you uh, moved, so and you you know, Camden the Hitman is uh, growing and thriving. And one year old, over over one year old now. About to turn fifteen months, actually. So crazy. Uh, yeah, He's got a long run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is. Uh, he, he is on a long, uh, dominant run. <laughs> nice. Through, and and you lives, you've moved yeah. you've moved to a quieter, like a more peaceful, serene area as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more chill. Um, you know, I miss being uh, you know super close to Baltimore, but only about an hour away now. So that is you know really the main reason I got away from the podcast and stuff is just you know we're we're further away and stuff now, but. Yeah, we got a you know we moved into a new house. We're we're happy out here. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back. I uh, I don't know about you, but over the course of the summer, just through you know the G one and the rise of AEW, and there's so much going on. I kind of sort of rediscovered my love for wrestling. I don't know about you. Oh, absolutely. Let's kind of catch up on that because you and I haven't really like discuss this analog or otherwise any other time we haven't caught up in a while um kayfabe breaking kayfabe and everything like let's just get into it like what are your thoughts like aew what are your thoughts of this new transition for new japan what are your thoughts of roh not being in the picture so much anymore what are your thoughts of nwa kind of rising and falling i want to get everything there and what are your thoughts of nxt rising and like this new programming Give me it all. I know it gave you a lot there, but that's kind of like the smorgasbord I'm throwing at the board. Absolutely. Well, let me take ROH off the list because I have not been following at all, uh, mainly because uh, Matt Taven is currently the the champion. I understand, mm-hmm. and that's just that's just sort of a non-starter for me. Like <laughs> they've got it; they still have a good roster, and I and I like what they're doing with Villain en- Enterprises, and I'm sure there's some some good stuff, but. You know, with everything else out there and having you know limited time to to sort of uh, take stuff in, I just haven't been keeping up with Ring of Honor. Absolutely. And I really got like Matt. Matt Taven has like uh, he's got like Johnny Gargano heat with me. So mm, okay, okay. Uh, so I haven't, I haven't really been watching too much Ring of Honor. Um, AEW, man, I'm I'm not. I, I'm I'm super excited. Uh, we watched uh, watched Double or Nothing, and it's just it when uh, watched. Um, all out more recently um i'm really excited to see you know what they're going to bring to the table once they you know start their tv and have a a weekly program yeah it's a week in week out and they're going to have to bring it every single week and and have to uh you know see what kind of stories they tell i think they've done a really good job with their youtube presence um although it's a little scattered you know amongst the channels and but they're they're finding a way to tell a story 
um, without the benefit of two hours of prime time. So excited to see what they do from there. I think um, I've seen a lot of um, a lot of people try to you know play up the whole AEW versus WWE competition, and I think it's great, and I think it's going to be great for the business. But I hate when I see fans who are like stringently taking sides like oh i'm only gonna watch AEW or i'm only gonna watch wwe like this is just this is not the time to to do that it's time to like sit back and like it's going it's going to be a really exciting ride and it's going to be a lot of fun to see the movement of the rosters and there's so much talent um i'm just uh, i'm super stoked i think the i think the industry as a whole i mean you know if you, you know 18 months ago when you know when we you know, we're first, we were just, you know, just starting to podcast and stuff. If you would have told us that, like, there's going to be a new company that has two hours on TNT, and oh, by the way, NXT is going to have two hours on USA, and SmackDown's moving to Fox, like, it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It's, wrestling is about to be super mainstream again, I feel like. Yeah, it's gotten to that point where you talk to a lot of people and they know what wrestling is or who at least a couple characters are. It's not just Hulk Hogan anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or John Cena to that point. Um, it, it's gotten it's gotten nuts. Uh, what else? Um, NXT, anything else? Yeah, I love loving what they're doing in NXT with uh, the Undisputed Era. I mean, t- to talk a little bit of current stuff, the... There's a lot of uh, a lot of rumors going around about this draft. I don't know. Have you heard anything about that? No. The draft that they're going to do here in a couple of weeks. No. So the word the rumor is is that there might be some people who are moved from Raw and SmackDown to NXT. Interesting. Which I think could be really exciting. And they're running the whole angle with uh, Kevin Owens on SmackDown, where they they kind of destroyed him as a uh, as a babyface with the and whole fire Shane him. McMahon. Yeah, that was that was no good. Um, but you know, he tweeted out. Uh, I think it's you know, fourteen, twenty-four, twenty, or the alphanumeric for for NXT. So you know, it could be just a tease. But to see him, you know, show up in NXT and like sort of reform uh, Mount Rushmore with uh, Adam Cole and the boys, like that would be uh, that would be some fun stuff, and that would be a real uh, sort of a sort of a jolt for them um, to sort of hook, hook some viewers in on USA and have a familiar face in Owens who they've been seeing on Monday and Tuesday nights pretty consistently for the last few years. Um, Absolutely. So that that could be an interesting direction. But, um, yeah, I mean, NXT is, is consistently knocking out of the park. Io Shirai and Candice LeRae, I think, are having a contender for feud of the year. Like, they're just got – they've been – building the heat between them to, you know, to a fever pitch. And it's just been, it's been incredible watching them. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, it's, there's so much, there's so much good stuff. And we haven't even talked about the G1 yet, which is like completely blew me away. Yeah. What, what are the standouts for you? I like, honestly, this is one of my favorite G1s that I've seen in a long time. They all kind of stand out to me, but, um, this one was, this one was mathematical and strategic and uh, even though kind of almost predictable in a way, you, you kind of thought maybe spoiler here and there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't the DQ Tomatonga and Bad Luck Fale, which was very different from what they usually do anyhow. But uh, they're right. trying to change it up. Um, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I thought it was just it was masterful booking um, on uh, Gato's part. Like just to, I, I love I loved how there you know you started out and you had like the the front runners or like the new guys and Moxley uh, and Kenta just like out of the gate and you're like they're they're running away with this and then mm-hmm. you know they start to lose steam and it's like you know the the people who are the the G one veterans who are you know you know Abushi pulling up. And like after a rocky start coming back, and like even Jay White, I love the story they told with Jay White of you know, you know I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna win six straight, and you know just so just that good. It it played so well. I'm such a Jay White mark right now, yeah, because I think he he's like I think he's the best heel in all of wrestling. Yeah, he's um, got great matches. He plays to the other characters' uh, move set. And just really mm-hmm. like dives into any way he can dodge out of their move or a hold and be that slimy heel, you know? Yeah. He's perfect at it, man. Yeah, yeah. And so I mean, some of his matches um, absolutely blew me away. Obviously, I mean, you got, I think you you start at the end and you look at at the final. Um, what a masterpiece, mm-hmm. you know? Just what? Just those two. Um, going out there and telling just an incredible story and, and having the tournament like culminate and have that feel good moment with Ibushi is just, it was just, it was the perfect ending. Um, but you, I mean, you go throughout it and I mean, there's so many standouts. I mean, Osprey personal highlight for me was Osprey versus Okada. They oh had God. a few sequences in that match that just, I, I, you know, it's, it's type of the type of match where you like pause, rewind, pause, rewind. Like, yeah over and over again now had you seen the their prior bout like uh the junior heavyweight versus uh iwgp heavyweight championship i have not I have uh, not. that's um from new year's dash of last year usually okay. uh, i think they are yeah one of the cards where they always do like the junior heavyweight versus uh iwgp heavyweight uh man classic bout but i think this one just like something about the g1 summed up into like 30 minute like rap like matches it gives mm-hmm. you a little bit more of uh, like a need for like they need to finish it and i want to see a finish more and you come out of the match just loving it even more like the tanahashi and okada bouts that they've had in g1 climax like mm-hmm. the kenny omega and Ta- and tetsuya naito bouts that they've had in g1 climax just great yes. stuff yeah absolutely I, I i totally agree with you about that 30 minute time limit there's something about it and you know the 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 story you know the the sense of urgency lends itself to the story of like you know, having to get that pin, and oh, by the way, that reminds me of the the match between um, Okada and Sonata. Oh my just god, fucking, fucking killer! And the way they timed that ending was just like. And Sonata what, like, moved what, his what way. Pros? Yeah, Sonata moved his way up into my like top ten, dude. Like yeah, seriously, same here. Same seriously, here. so good. Uh, talented yeah. guy, but I love the like the. It's that weird like. I don't know. It's almost like Confederate, like Japanese outfit that he yeah. comes out with, you know, and the yeah, gold yeah. and everything. I just, I just love his look, like new look and just that mystique of him now. Um, and he's like the protege of Muda, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited to see, cause he's going to get his title shot now, but cause he, cause he beat Okada, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have now, Suzuki first, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We shall yeah, see. So, yeah, it was just uh, just uh, just like 
I think I think more than anything, I mean, the AEW stuff is exciting, and they've been they've had some fun shows and a lot of like great young guys that I'm excited about, like you know Darby Allen. I'm a huge Darby Allen mark right now. I know, um, and you really you introduced me to him as we saw him at the um, MCW at show. Yeah, they evolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you were like, this yeah. guy is all like he was. You were all about it, and I was like, okay, sure. And the match was great. Yeah. And then once I saw more of him, man, he's like putting his body on the line and he just, he has a great like story behind him. The underdog, the true underdog that's willing to put his body on the line, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, um, yeah, he's got like a little bit of like that Jeff Hardy, but more of like a, you know, that, that sort of like Jeff Hardy throw caution to the wind, but his character is. There's so much more to his character. It's a like lot Jeff of Hardy's just, Yeah, like Jeff Hardy's just like the free Crystal spirit. Crystal like, Yeah, addict. whatever, man. Yeah. He's like, Darby Allen is like, I'm, I'm, I'm half dead and I don't care. And, you know, his, his whole story is, is fantastic. But, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they, and yeah, but so, I mean, like, yeah, AEW has a lot of like great young talent like that. And it's, it's an exciting time. But I think more than anything this summer, it's it was coming home um and watching the g1 night in and night out um because to be honest i you know I'm, i i haven't really done it before i haven't really followed the g1 i've i've watched like matches yeah you know, last, I've, I've last year like, was my know, first the, time the ones. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so like really following it every every night and i i wouldn't watch like the 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 openers i would i would just skip to the tournament matches but still like night in and night out like that really like kind of brought me back in i didn't really never really got away from wrestling but this like sort of definitely reinvigorated my uh my love for it yeah because it's it's at such a peak right now like uh there's so much competition um i think Mm -hmm. we got to a point to where um when when i started following it again uh, like heavily in 09 and then mm-hmm. until like uh you know you and I started this podcast in about 2016 or 17 it was like it was it was it was at a phase to where you know the the cards needed to switch up or the the guys needed to move around or something it was getting kind of stale um yeah, and this yeah. has reinvigorated everything um it, it it's it's a great it's a great time to be a wrestling fan nonetheless um what are your thoughts on the commentary of AEW before we get into this. Like, I know a lot of people give that, you know, a lot of flack, but like it, it took me out of it at some points to give you my point of view at, at first. Like I love the, the program that they're putting on. And I think you're right. Once they get a weekly program, they get more solidified as to what they're doing right now. They're kind of mm-hmm. giving us a smorgasbord of indie wrestling with, uh, yeah. that, with that old school NWA WCW feel. Um, but yeah. the commentary is kind of throwing me off. Um, yeah. so, so your point. Yeah, it, that's, it's a good question. I'm glad that you asked me about that. Um, it, it is an interesting sort of like clash of styles, the old and the new. Um, uh, first things first, I'm glad, you know, uh, you know, Alex Marvez, I'm sure is a great person, but <laughs> I was glad to see that he didn't stick around in the booth <laughs> after um, Double or Nothing because I, you know, I thought he was just, he, he didn't contribute much of anything to it. Um, I love Excalibur. Excalibur to me is the best play-by-play person, maybe in all of wrestling. Agreed. Um, and he's just so sharp and like entertaining and just on top of it. Um, 
JR, I'm, I want to, I want to like him, and I want, I really want this team to work. And I think once they get like some, you know, because they've had, you know, what like four shows together now, but you know, with weeks and months in between them, um, I want to think that once they get to TV, that things will smooth out. But then you got Tony Schiavone in the mix too, and they keep talking about how fans and i'm not sure you know where these fans are but <laughs> the, apparently the fans what the fans want is shivani and ross just because it's that like really? 90s dream team i don't know um i, I don't think yeah, they're don't that familiar either. with the the talent yeah yeah it's, it's just kind of a you I, know i i think i think they would they're very at home you know and to your point about it being a smorgasbord like uh, you know, I think you know. I think Ross was rightfully most at home during like the Cody Rhodes matches, you know, like against against Dustin and against Sean Spears because he Cody excels at that sort of telling an old like school said, story. Old school, tell the story, brawl. You know, lots of you know, you know, run-ins and stuff like that, which he does it. He does it better than anybody else. And so um, Ross was very much at home during that, but like. You know, you put him in the, you know, he's calling the... Uh, Janella, the, uh, the D- Allen and Havoc match, and he brings out a table mm-hmm. and he goes, well, well, why not? Why not? I mean, where the hell yeah. are you going to put it? Like, you know, he's just yeah, kind of like, like judging the psychology. It for, save it for your podcast, man. Yeah. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to, you know, shit on the match while, you know, people are watching on pay-per-view. Um, the other thing from that match that really, like, took me out of it or, like, just put a bummer on his when after the match he's like yeah, i don't think these guys are going to be any uh over 50 battle royals oh yeah like, jesus christ and then when uh orange cassidy comes out he goes who is he and they're like that's orange cassidy he goes i know who he is but who is he he's like trying to coach yeah, like- he's trying to coach the guys on air about like to explain who he is like we get it um these fans know who these people are but in a way like he's he, he could have coached him before that. Just kind of be like, it's Orange Cassidy, like the guy who never cared. You know, like you could have said that to right. Excalibur beforehand or, or yeah. Golden Boy beforehand. You know, I, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't like, he does have a tendency to like, I don't even know if he realizes that he's doing it, but he kind of buries, he buries his, his partners and he buries some of the talent. And so, yeah, if he can get away from that, it'll be good. And I think in, the main thing and the reason that they gave him the big contract and everything is because he's going to ease in those fans that they're trying to win over that haven't watched wrestling because, you know, the, you know, they got out after, you know, after the attitude era, you know, at some point, they're still looking for those people. Really? You think, I don't know. So yeah, I think they're, because in their head, they're, they're still looking at numbers. They're still looking at ratings, but they're not taking into account the fact that like, the reason, one of the main reasons the ratings are so low is because people just don't watch TV like they used to. Right, 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 right. It's the streaming so services. Like, yeah. But how do you pay people well and how do you measure that? That's a whole different substance that they're still trying to measure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, all right, well, getting into what we're about to get into... New Japan, uh, NJPW, New Japan Pro Wrestling World. Uh, how do you feel about their updates on their app? Because what do you usually watch it on, and how do you feel about everything? 
So, all right. So in um, in our bedroom, we we have a uh, TV that has Chromecast built into it, so that's super convenient. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I really I prefer to use the Chromecast to uh, stream. Uh, downstairs we have a Fire TV. Right. And so I do I do use the Amazon app, but the Amazon app is not super user friendly. <sighs> Dave and I talked about that and I, I watched that's what I watched most of the G one on. And man, yeah. it it would be in the middle of something hot and freeze and I would be so fucking pissed and I'd have to start yeah. all over and skip and I couldn't skip to matches. I would have to skip all the way through. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't save your progress if you if you like want to stop watching and then come back to it like yeah you gotta you gotta find where you're at and it's just yeah they they really you know I think they could really stand to to invest in in like a, a strong app now, um, I think I'm sh- sorry but like bonus things that they've done like you can look up like a good amount of people's names like American wrestlers names Gaijins. And yeah, you can find yeah. a lot of their matches and you can click on the titles that they have listed at the bottom and they'll run you through like the the title reigns uh, and the title defenses and changes and which matches that they have on demand, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're missing a lot, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And- that title feature is cool, though. I didn't even know they did, they did that because that's something I don't even think you could do that on the WWE Network. They just started it on there, too, I think. Um, OK. Yeah. So, yeah, you go to New Japan World and you can click on like the junior heavyweight title and click on like the the, the list of champions and it'll give you it all in Japan, Japanese or like. Some of the American names will be there, but uh, you can click on certain matches that they'll have, like title changes or defenses. It's really cool because it gives you a list of how many times a guy defended it before he lost it, too. Um, it, it's it's really like once they step it up with all their video archive, I think uh, they they really have something there. Like what they've had yeah. right now, like what we're about to watch is fucking Vader against Anoki in nineteen eighty eight, you know? Yeah. Um, almost six months after he debuted, uh December of eighty seven, that is, uh Vader comes on the scene after a match that Anoki had had and challenges him for the title. Anoki defends the IWGP heavyweight championship and loses it within five minutes to Vader. And now the following year, which they have now, uh, which we're talking about the G1 climax, this is a, um, this is a tournament again during the summer. So of course this would be the finals to determine the league uh, champion for the IWGP heavyweight championship Anoki and Vader what a what is an incredible um circumstance that we have right here in front of us yeah yeah we're excited what are your what are your first um I guess we'll get into Vader first what are your first um like sightings or knowledge of Vader and then we'll go into Anoki like bring me into like what you know about these guys and then we'll get into the match. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Vader, you know, you know, growing up, I didn't watch a lot of his stuff in WCW as a kid. Cause I was, I was firmly in the WWF camp as we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, I do, you know, have like, 
you know, vaguely remember just like flipping the channel and seeing him and, uh, you know, seeing like action figures in the store and like thinking this guy looks scary as shit, cool as shit. Um, but I didn't really, you know, I didn't really become familiar with him, uh, at first until his WWF run and just like him, I, I will still remember watching raw live or well, it might have been raw or it was right before the Royal Rumble when he when he um Vader bombed Gorilla Monsoon. Oh yeah. Dude, um, memorable moment and took him out. Yeah. Yeah, so I was I was always like super I was I was always like very impressed with him and like I thought he was just like the epitome of like what a monster wrestler should be. And so as I grew up and got in my teen years and started doing more research and watching more of his WCW stuff, um and you know, he, you know, his Japan matches for me at the time were hard to come by but i would see some of those too and he he i'm just such a i'm such a fan of his and i think he's the greatest super heavyweight uh to ever step foot in the ring like he's just so good he's so vicious um he can sell when he needs to and he and he only sells when he he knows that the story is calling for he sells at the right times um and he's just he's just so good at what he does um so i've yeah, go ahead. No, I strongly agree, man. Like I can't I can't I can't say anything else than what you said. Like that is like the the epitome of super heavyweight is Vader to me. Um this guy yeah. like you you hardly saw him sell in a bad way, you know? Like he would mm-hmm. he would like faintly sell but for a monster. You know, it wasn't like LOD where he wasn't selling at all or warrior. Yeah. Um, this guy would put some guys over and let them get, get the upper hand on him. But he was still like, I mean, you look at him, he's like nearly 400 pounds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And even with, you know, smaller guys, you look at his match with flair, uh, Starcade 93, Mm -hmm. which is just a masterpiece. And like, he, he was just, he was such a pro and, you know, he didn't have any, didn't have any ego or anything like that. I mean, he's, you know, hot tempered, obviously, and, you know, could be very, uh, apparently he was very easy to upset and, you know, hurt his feelings as Bret Hart, uh, famously talked about in, uh, wrestling with shadows. But, uh, you know, he didn't really play the politics game, which you gotta, you gotta respect. Um, just man, just make sure you don't say the wrestling's fake around him though. Right. <laughs> uh, what do you think? What 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 would you think a match between him and Sid would look like at Starcade '93 if Ric Flair never came into that spot and Sid never had the argument with Arn? Like, I think that would have been a great fucking match, dude. Yeah, it definitely would have had would have had the heat would have been there. Um, I think the fans would have been into it, and I you know I have you know Sid could go when he was in there with the right person, and I think you know with those two guys and just both being like, so, you know, just strong headed and just like, I think, you know, Vader would just would knock the shit out of him and Sid would be pissed off and there would just be, Oh, you know, so much, uh, you know, heat between them. That now I think who would, gets the would, power you know, bomb on who though? <laughs> that's the that's question, question, right? Yeah. And who wins, who goes over? Like that's, yeah, well, a, I mean, that's a good one from, from everything from everything I've heard, you know, Sid was going to get a pretty big push there. And he was wow. definitely, that's one thing about Sid that's weird too, is that no matter where he went and no matter what the circumstances were, he was always weirdly over, you know, you, you know, 
fans were always like, even when he like randomly popped up in ECW, like fans were like, I don't know why Hitman. <laughs> I don't know shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I've never understood it. I've never been a huge Sid fan, but like he was always over. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe you know maybe WCW uh, you know pulls the trigger on having Sid win the title the title there, and you know maybe they you know it changes the whole uh, whole course of 1994. Maybe they don't bring in Hogan. Who knows? Wow. It, yeah, it could have been a different time. Um, all right. Now, Anoki. Like, oh, you and I have gone back on Vader's history. So if anybody wants to hear that, they can go back on a special bonus episode um, that you and I had done on Retromania covering um, the history of Vader. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about Anoki. Okay. What so you I'm know. Gonna be, I'll be. Com- yeah, I'll be completely honest. I can probably count on one hand the number of Anoki matches I've watched, and I probably should be ashamed to admit that. But uh, I haven't seen a lot of his work um, in the ring. But I, one thing that I've done uh, recently is I've listened to um, uh, an audiobook. Um, the book is called uh, Eggshells. It's by uh, Chris Charlton. Yes. Who does yes. the? Yeah. Have you? Have you? heard anything about that book i've listened to their audio companion podcast on post wrestling but um i want to buy his books uh lion's pride and eggshells definitely yeah yeah so the eggshells is is focuses in on the um the uh, tokyo dome shows every single tokyo dome show Mm -hmm. um from from the from when the building opened and so through listening to that, I learned a lot more about Inoki and his role and running New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I think he's a fascinating guy. I think his um, his his you know obsession with uh, legitimizing pro wrestling and um, that led to you know the infamous Inokiism and and the MMA influence. Um, you know, you could say he was you know you know 10, 15, 20 years ahead of his time. Um, you know, personally, I've never really, you know, I'm not a fan of, of, of mixing MMA and wrestling. Like I, I'm a sort of a, more of like the, uh, you know, the, a, the all Japan sort of, uh, mentality of, of keeping wrestling pure. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at, you look at the explosion of MMA and then you look at what Anoki was doing in the, you know, in the early nineties, even and it's, it's just kind of impressive to see. Um, so yeah, he's, he's fascinating. I think he's probably, you know, I, I want to say he's like the closest to like a, you know, like a weird, like having the sort of like weird same aura about him that, uh, that Vince McMahon has, you know, I don't know. Oh, definitely. But more of like a shooter style. Um, it's yeah, almost as yeah. if, uh, if Vern Gagne was Japanese, um, mm-hmm. and just became this, this guy that was like, I want to legitimize the sport over and over again yeah. like cuz till his dying day Vern Gagne and even um one uh Fritz von Erich would swear up and down that their matches were shoots and even yeah. Bruno yeah. San Martino to a point um these guys were 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 precursors to Anoki who kind of took on that Ricky Dozan foresight and and marketed it and turned it into a way of like we're going to kind of be a little more stiff over here and snug and show you that it's real quote unquote in Japan, uh, and took yeah. it by storm. Um, and really like, you know, uh, just 
birthed a lot of guys that we um, that we idolize today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, it, it's just nuts. Um, and you know, like his 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 um, his cross popularity through like pop culture as well through Japan, you know, like Ricky Dozan did it, Anoki did it. And then later stars would do it. Uh, uh, Masaharo Chonu, Chono, Mm -hmm. uh, which is one that's famous now, you know, and then we have Tanahashi now to this day, but yeah. And those are guys who suffered through his Anokiism, uh, through trying to get that legitimate, uh, fighting spirit and trying to, you know, sometimes it hindered the business. In a way. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. There's a whole generation of guys that, you know, it, it, it definitely held back. You think about, you know, uh, you, Yuji Nagata. Nakamura. Um, yep. Yep. He's like on, on the later end of that. And like, yeah, it's, it's fascinating to me. Like, you know, his, you know, like I said, his obsession with that, but yeah, you talk about the, the mainstream, um, you know, star of, of Inoki is, you know, unparalleled. And I mean, you talk about a guy that, you know, was in the ring with Muhammad Ali, you know, it's like, yeah, it's crazy for Americans though. You and I at a time, like three ninjas were, and you know, like uh, GI Joe storm shadow or something were the closest that we got to like Japanese culture or like ninja ism, you know? And he really took that by forefront by saying like mixed martial arts and like birthing that that mix martial arts like if we're going to like guys that i think that have really adopted that style well the these days i think you're going to of course kurt angle an anchor for that you using amateur wrestling but also like mixed martial arts stuff in there um mm-hmm. uh cm punk to it to uh, to a degree um mm-hmm. and then of course Minoru suzuki shibata yeah. and kyle o'reilly um, an American guy, um, just, yeah. yeah, like I, I, like those guys, I really think have adapted that style very well. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember, you know, you know, Kurt Angle went even heavier on it during his time in TNA and, mm-hmm. you know, some of his matches with Samoa Joe there. And, uh, yeah, so it's just the, to see, to follow that influence all the way to today is, is, is really cool. I think. Absolutely. And then for the hosses to follow the, uh, you know, the, the trails of Vader, um, just, we get two epic guys here in 88. You ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. When I count down five, four, three, two, one at zero, you will hit play everybody. We are at seven seconds. You can find this on the details of the information for this episode. It is Vader versus Inoki 1988 summer fight series, super Monday night in Yokohama, July 29th. And, uh, this is an epic one, 22 minutes. You ready to get to it? Let's do it. All right. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All right. And we have uh, Vader coming off, uh, taking off that gown. He's got some type of staff. Whoa, geez. Breaks the staff. I guess that was Anoki's staff or maybe his staff. I don't know. Fuck your staff. (laughs) Fuck your staff. (laughs) Don't get staff infection, though, please. (laughs) That will ruin our run right now. It'll change everything. 
Um, yeah, Noki looking geared up to do this though. Well, maybe not. You know, it's a, it's it's he's kind of hesitant. Yeah, you can see him sort of step back there, which is you know. Oh shit. Racing to the outside. See, Dave and I did the uh, the Anoki and Hogan bout, which was much more different. It he didn't have fear in his eyes. He was like, "I'm gonna crush this big white boy." Uh, this is a little different with a guy with a mask and opposing 400 pounds, and he's got yeah. this thing in the middle of the ring. Yeah, he's treating him like like a monster, like he is. Oh, definitely. And a and couple it's years impressive. later. It's impressive that Inoki, you know, had the had the foresight to to see this invader because I mean, like you said, right from the very beginning, right from the outset, um, you could see the uh, the uh, helmet is not functioning properly here. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> oh, with an Inzaguri starting off hot as he kneels. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, right off. Right off the bat with Vader, they they knew he knew what he had in him, and uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool to see to to have somebody come in and just start out with an Oki like that. To have faith in you, almost has uh, Ghetto had faith in um, you know um, Okada, but yeah, not being yeah, a foreigner or or Kenny Omega, but he kind of worked his way up to junior heavyweights. I'm trying to think of the way like. Maybe Brock Lesnar, but Brock Lesnar had made his stake and claim already. Like at this point, Leon White was like dwindling as Baby Bull in AWA, mm -hmm. you know, and here yeah. and there, you know, it was weird that they, yeah. you know, brought him in the last year. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting because I mean I I know we've talked about before how uh, Jim Helwig was was he was in line to get the Vader gimmick, right? Yes, he was. So yeah, it, it, I don't see. It. Could you imagine if they brought him in? And you know, obviously knowing him, it wouldn't have worked out, and he wouldn't have had this long run. So. Well, what if they fucking worshipped worshipped him like a god? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you never know. Like I don't know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, you know, you're right. Yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah, I don't know. Like uh, I don't think Anoki would have put up with that. I think he." He gives Vader a good run, you know, for a couple years, but Vader eventually transitions to All Japan and then into uh, WCW part-time as well, um, yep. and then back and forth in between them until he goes to WWF. Right, right, yeah. So maybe the relationship wasn't so well. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I've never heard a good story coming out of working with Anoki. To be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. 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 I've heard that's that's sort of in line with what I've been been learning about him too. Yeah. As we have Tiger Hattori as the referee and Anoki is working on a reverse arm bar on Vader. And uh these guys are starting out the bout hot. I love that mask on Vader too. It's an all black um like over the face mask, almost like what you would have for a luchador with some like red veins and that's it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, the, the vein effect is, is kind of cool for sure. And it mat matches the uh, tights there, of course. Yeah. Ooh, big splash. Big splash, man. I love, love it. it. Love it. Yeah. 
and that's when he's putting all his weight in there, like going for it. Um, I talk a lot of times of like, I, I don't want guys to get hurt, but I want you to see, I want, I want to see that force. I want to see that like impact or I want to see an oomph. I don't like yeah. you going through the motions. Um, and I, I saw a good amount of that on some of the AEW stuff. If we're going back yeah. to that, um, like, I'm sorry, but some of that stuff Maybe. was just like kind of going through the motions. I was like, oh man, come on, get drop there. some, drop some names, man. Who are you talking about? Oh, uh, uh, the, 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 um, all night party going, yeah. who were they going against? The private party against, um, was it Jack Evans and Angelico? Yep. Yeah. Some yeah. Uh, some light spots there, and I know it, it might not be the familiarity, but uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It just didn't just didn't sync with me, or maybe they're not working their matches together as well as we goes get. Back, yeah, it goes back to what uh, Steve Austin always says: "Lay your shit in, kid." Dude, yeah. Like I seriously, I want to see it. Like uh, like I want to get hit too if I'm in the ring. Like, you know, yeah. you and I talked about that. I had an opponent before where I was like, come on, fucking hit me. Like, you know, yeah, um, yeah. It, that stuff. I Like, I don't want to get knocked out per se, but yeah, I want it to look that way. And yeah, I think a, I think to a, a degree. To yeah, I think to a degree, like Jim Cornette has a point of like the the no selling the divings the flipping the floppings and all this and the, you're not hitting nobody you're not selling like there like yes there's a big point to that Ooh. yeah big backdrop from Anoki to Vader good stuff here now what are your thoughts like what do you think of the evolution of wrestling as we go to a uh, match like this, where it's like slow plotting, kind of like King's Road style, uh, classic Anoki style, where the the heel will eventually get the heat on the face and beat him up for most of the match, and then he'll fire back. Um, yeah, like, I, yeah, I, I love it, man. I love this, but and I think there's still there's still a place for it, um, you know, in today's wrestling world. Yeah. You look at um, I did. I don't know if you uh, got to watch um, Tyler Bate versus Walter. Yes. Um, but that you know it it wasn't it wasn't slow paced like this, but it definitely the psychology of it uh, definitely reminded me of more of an old school um, type of feel. Um, okay. You know, especially with the you know with the size dynamic between those two. Now let me so ask I, you this. I'm sorry mm-hmm. because this Go is ahead. my my favorite match of the year still is Pete Dunn versus Walter. Yeah. Cause I think that is one of the most technical psychological matches I have ever seen, uh, in my life. Like I love that match. Um, I think, yeah. I think that's better than the Tyler bat bait match. Bait has a different offense. So it's like the pure baby face going against mm-hmm. Walter. But uh, Don and Walter was something different. It was like, man, I just, I can't give that match enough kudos. Yeah, well, I mean, Pete, Pete Dunn is so, he's got such a nasty move set. And, he, you know, he, uh, even though he's been, you know, his, on a run for most of his title run and still is working uh, babyface, you know, he, his, his moveset kind of lends himself to working heel. So, yeah, to see that, 
that that style against Walter was definitely made for a classic. Um, I think anytime you got a anytime you got a, like a, a, a heavyweight, like a super heavyweight, that's gonna lend itself to being you know it's more fer- fertile ground to tell a great story. True, um, especially with a worker like Walter. Mm-hmm, exactly, because you're trying to break them down, and when somebody is as smart and a good, as good at selling as Walter is. Like that's gonna, you know, that's just it's it it lends itself to, to having a, a this type of match. Um, so I, you know, to answer your question, like I, I I love this style. I think it still definitely has a a place. I wish we saw more of it. Um, but I think you know I, I think there's a place for you know everything. I I do wish that you know. Oh man, look at look at these. Yeah, he's firing back here. like so strong. Yeah. Invader just spills out between the top and the middle rope. Yep. He's reeling. Um, you know, I think I think there's a place for for all these different styles. Uh, some I like more than others, but I think as a general rule, like yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm like you, I don't like to see, uh, you know, sort of light work that kind of, you know, takes you out of the match a little bit, and makes it a little bit harder to uh, suspend your disbelief. Absolutely, I want to see a, a fluidity throughout it. Yes, you know, yeah. Um, Absolutely. That's one thing I will say about MLW as well. There's a lot of guys that are, it seems like some of their matches kind of like don't click. Uh, there are some good gems on there as well, but uh, yeah, you know, it's just yeah, nitpicking yeah. for me. But uh, as we have a good vertical suplex from Vader to Anoki and he tries to pin him as he's holding his hand down he goes to pin the other hand down on the mat. This is an old school spot we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. You think Anoki's going to bridge? That, that vice grip, you know, on on the hand there, you know, just And look at the look at the the grimace on Anoki. Yeah, exactly. Good test. Like this would this is like what would be categorized as European wrestling, kind of why I brought up Walter and, you know, the UK like scene and everything. Yeah. Like, um, just a good show of like technical stuff. Um, wrestling. I think when Walter first came up, I think he came up as big van Walter. I've heard mention of that a couple times. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. There's, there's some history there and I, I forget if, I don't know if he got to work with Vader at some point, but yeah, I think he was going by the by the name Big Van Walter. That's awesome. We got a power Need slam. Need to do some from more Vader. research on that. Yeah, <laughs> we got a power slam from Vader and a near fall on Anoki as the fans are getting geared up, and we're about eleven minutes into this match. Vader misses Ooh. with a clothesline and gets hit with a huge drop kick from Anoki. Anoki always thrusting those drop kicks, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Slams Vader. Goes to and the top rope. Yeah, nah, no wasted motion. Big knee drop. My goodness. Yeah, this is 1988. What What are the other companies doing at this time? July 88. This is kind of post um, post WrestleMania four. Yep. Yep, so, so we're in Savage's uh, title run, uh, gearing up for the, the Mega Bucks versus the Mega Powers. Um, uh, what are we at in 
WCW NWA territory. 88. So, yeah, this would have been uh, right around Great American Bash 88, which I I forget what the main was there. I feel like uh, Luger and uh, Flair or something. Yes. Yeah, and they did a non-finish because they never uh, fully committed to Luger in that era, which is crazy. Yeah, the horse and turned on him and everything. With, with Luger, it would have been right then. Yeah, crazy time right now. And uh, Vader smacks the mat, but that's not a tap as he's in a crucial arm bar. I guess you would call that an arm bar or modified arm bar yeah. by Anoki. Again, working in those uh, mixed martial arts submission holds. That's the thing. Like, the mixed martial arts kind of gets, like, you know, washed in with submission. You know? Like, I I, I think think submission and mixed martial arts can go hand in hand. And the wrestling, the working, like, the scrapping, the punching, and, like, suplexes and chauvinistic stuff can go with wrestling, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. Even though people... Tiger, have... I can't get over how young Tiger is, man. Oh, I know. <laughs> nice. We get a nice, uh, almost reverse full Nelson. <sighs> Vader yeah. looking very young and, uh, you know, a lot of... A lot of red hair on the face too, you know. Yep. So all yep. these guys are, all these guys are in their prime, nearly. Well, maybe Anoki yeah. kind of passed his. <laughs> um, one thing that's like I said, I I'm not super familiar with a lot of his work. One thing that's jumping on me right now is is just his his facial expressions and his ability to sell through those is just off the charts. And isn't that what a face is all about? Absolutely. Yep. Oh, and getting hit in the face. face. Yeah. Jesus yeah. <laughs> Christ. Uh, and he... Wow, man. Ooh, stiff. Vader is not one to pull the punches no. at all. Three straight punches to the face of Inoki, and those look stiff. And it's not that WWE shit where he's, like, hitting the forearm into it slightly or... Wow, four straight. One, two, no. Inoki kicks out. <sighs> People are behind him. He just got hit in his face four times straight, and they saw that. Yeah. yeah they see that yeah. on the big screen. Yeah. How are you not going to root for that guy? I mean, forget wow. about, you know, the crowd. About Speaking else. of rooting yeah, for the guy. Forget about the, the uh, you know, the dynamic of, you know, the you know, the home country, countrymen and all that. You see somebody get hit in the face four times, it's just like that's how can you not have empathy? <laughs> well, yeah, to your point, uh, Japanese audiences, do you feel that they kind of like gear towards the underdog more? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think any match that I've seen, even if the guy is the most hated guy in the territory, if he's the underdog designed quote unquote in the match for the psychology of it, um, mm-hmm. the fans will get behind him. It That's is true. So yeah. it is so incredible. Like we've seen that with Sonata versus Okada. We've seen that with yeah. Omega versus um, Okada. Uh, um, like uh, so many different times. It it's 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 great. I love that. 
is an interesting characteristic of that, of that fan base. Yeah, very respectful to the product and uh, almost understanding of like this guy needs these cheers to like get this match or get like fire behind us to enjoy the match, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> he took a turnbuckle Jeez. and smashed it into the post. That's Vader, that is, and missed yeah. the head of Anoki. Anoki took the turnbuckle, and he's smashing Vader in the shoulder over and over again. Tiger Hattori yeah. is on the outside telling them to get back in. Wow. Yeah. All hell is broken loose. Yeah, I love no hesitation on oh my Anoki's God. part there. Oh. Holy shit, that looks legit. Uh, Vader yeah, is busting open on his stabbed. arm and he looks like he got like the back of his tri, like his tricep looks torn open. Yeah. He got fucking stabbed with that. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, I've never seen this before. Yeah, Holy shit. That's a deep wound. That's about two oh. inches long. Good and Anoki just kicks him in the arm. Is this designed <laughs> for the match? Do you think Vader cut himself too deep? Uh, I, Another insecurity to, to the it's arm. It's hard to say. I, I think he, he would have had to. Oh my God. Are we getting a huge abdominal grapevine, grapevine stretch from Anoki to Big Van Vader? Dude, I think if it's designed that way or if he's kicking his arm and they were like focusing on the arm, I think Vader might have cut himself too deep. Wow. Yeah, yeah I mean, he has been working that arm the entire match. Yeah, and it looks like a blade. So oh! oh! Vader has enough strength to pick up and slam Anoki as his back of his tricep is like wide open. We can see the muscle. He goes to the top rope to splash. Anoki catches the arm that's split and into a fucking arm bar. Oh my fucking God. It's over. Ring Incredible. the bell. Dude. Absolutely wow. incredible. Wow, blood everywhere Oof. too. What a match. I don't know where he cut himself though, but ugh. Oh Yuck, you can see that shit. Ooh! Dude, ugh. ooh! The guy came oh, in the what? ring just squeezing, squeezing it. it. Don't squeeze it, man. He's squeezing it and spreading the blood everywhere. I don't know what to do, but spread the blood everywhere. <laughs> Hey, man, I'm no doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah, this that is definitely set up. Wow. Anoki cheers. Yeah. Good Lord. Oh, blood everywhere, all over Anoki's yeah. back. And I, I had no idea. I, I, like I said, neither of us have seen this match before. <laughs> that was... That is, that's one of the deepest wounds I've ever seen in a wrestling match. Same here. Like, we... Dude, that's like the meat. And the dude came yeah. in, some other guy, some young boy, came in the ring, squeezed the hold, and squirted blood out and just spread it everywhere. Just for good luck. Yeah. And Anoki has blood all over his back and his neck from holding that arm. Yuck. And oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. God. You get a good view of it there, and they're looking at it. Ooh. He's going to squeeze it again, isn't he? Dude, yeah, he's he's oh. holding the vein underneath. 
Oh my god! Yeah, that's no. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly what he's doing. Oh my goodness! And Vader is screaming in agony. Rightfully so. What a oh way to god. sell a fucking match! Holy yeah. shit, dude! I did not know this happened. Yeah, I had never heard about this match. Um, I'm surprised I, it's not. I never heard of the follow-up. I heard this of the isn't first in the one. Same, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'm surprised this isn't in the same conversation as his match with uh, Hanson, where his eye pops out. Because I mean, this is every bit as bad. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, I don't know if we saw the part where he bladed, but he he sure did get hurt, hit with a turnbuckle. So, uh, yeah, I, I would believe if this is the finish that you're going for, he bladed himself, but he might have bladed way. Oh, uh, he definitely bladed way too deep. Look at that. We can see oh the back God. of this dude's fucking tricep. Oh, that is terrible. And Minoru yeah, Suzuki man. right there, right behind him. That's oh, wow. the man yeah. right behind him. Minoru Suzuki. He's just getting, uh, getting a close-up view of that arm going up the stairs and the camera's following him all the way back. I haven't seen a lot of matches uh, from this era where they follow him all the way back. They must be, they must have called this on the fly, you know, with the wound to sort of capture this moment. Yeah, Tiger Hattori, Minoru Suzuki, uh, a couple other younger guys um, lead Vader back into the locker room and there's blood just dripping everywhere. We just get the guy holding the vein underneath the uh, wound and blood gushing. Um, man, this what is fascinating. Scene. What a scene. Yeah, this is, I've never seen, I don't think I've seen any new Japan stuff where they've like followed back to the locker room like that. That was just a crazy ending and, a you know, interesting way to, to capture the moment there absolutely uh thank you so much for joining me on this episode i know it was an extended one because we had to catch up but uh you and i will catch up on the next one uh jimmy uh any final thoughts or like like i mean we went through so much on this episode but like i think it was a good episode for you and i to to birth this Gaijin uh, experience on relationships to what's going on now in wrestling. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, it was uh, thank you for having me, having me back, ha- having me back on. Uh, it was a pleasure to uh, catch up and uh, go back and look at this crazy match that neither of us had uh, any idea of the level of brutality there at the end. So uh, definitely enjoyed it. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, as always. Um, you can always find us on Facebook at Retromania with a W. You can write to us at retromaniapodcast.gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at RetromaniaPod. And as always, you can find us on any podcasting app by searching Retromania with a W. That's right. On yes. any podcasting app, that's Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Spotify. We have a whole playlist there. There's 300 plus hours of evergreen podcasts and over 160 episodes. Wow, that's a oh, lot yeah. of shit for your ears. And guess what? They're always what? fresh. It never gets old. Yes. Um, you, you don't go back to one and go, well, this one sounds like it's from, uh, you know, 2009 or something or 
Yeah, no, no. These are always fresh. Um, we always come at you with a hot take of everything. It's a retrospective Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, um, and we have fun with it, as we always do. Jimmy, I will catch yes. you next time. See you later, man. All right, brother.